Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is to create moments that change lives. We pray that these weekly messages will be a moment in your day that leads to a change in your life. For more information, visit us online at LifeGateBurleson.com. At the movies, come on, right? This is our last week. I know you guys are having fun. Who's had fun during this series? Oh, man, I have had a blast. And I know you guys are enjoying it. I can hear your popcorn rustling. I know y'all are going to miss that next week. You're going to wish we had popcorn all of the time. And then I came in this morning and I saw Captain America is out there greeting everybody. Come on. Our church is so cool. Captain America goes here, right? We're having a blast out there. Mike Wazowski and all kinds of princesses and people to take pictures with for the kids. And not just for the kids. I'm going to get my picture with Captain America too today. And then we got a car show out here, you guys, for right after. After service, we got a few cars out there for you to see. I saw a couple Corvettes and Mustangs and things like that. And we are having fun. And yet it's not just fun. It is fun with a purpose. So everybody say fun with a purpose. Fun with a purpose that throughout this series, we have been learning some great stuff about God and through his word and looking at some of our favorite movies. In fact, this is the way that Jesus would often teach in the gospels. Of course, they didn't have movies back then, but they had stories. And so Jesus would tell stories called parables. And from those parables, he would teach powerful truths about God. And so we're just kind of teaching like Jesus in this series. We're using some of our favorite movies, new and old, and using them just kind of like modern day parables to teach us some things about God and we've learned a lot of stuff and God has been speaking into our hearts throughout the series and today we are wrapping it up with this with this movie called Cars 3. So how many of you have seen Cars 3? Come on raise your hand if you've seen Cars 3. How many have not seen Cars 3? Raise your hand. Okay a few of you haven't seen it. I'm telling you you are missing out. I'm just telling you Cars is actually the whole Cars series is one of my favorite of all the animated series series, all the Pixar ones. I think it's because I like fast cars. Come on, how many dudes in the house you like fast cars? How many ladies in the house you like like fast cars. I like fast cars. In fact, I don't know if I've told you. I know I have actually told you, but my first car was a Mustang, right? And not just like, not, not a fast Mustang, really. It was actually a four-cylinder, four-speed, kind of sounded like this. My friends actually called it the kazoo. I'm not kidding. One of my friends got me a little kazoo and I hung it from the mirror. And so maybe that's why I like the Cars movies so much is because I'm kind of living vicariously, right? I didn't have a fast car growing up, but I like fast cars and I love these, these movies of Lightning McQueen. And so as we get into Cars 3, whether you've seen it or whether you, whether you haven't, I'll just kind of set it up for you. You got Lightning McQueen, ka-chow, you know, everybody say ka-chow, right? Kachow and in Cars 3, like Lightning McQueen, he is a superstar racer. He's not a rookie anymore. Now he is a veteran and he has been on a hot streak. In fact, he has won the last seven Piston Cups in a row, you guys. I mean, he is unbeatable and he thinks nobody can take him out until something happens that takes him by surprise. At the end of the first race of the new season, all of the sudden, out of nowhere, a brand new rookie racer named Jackson Storm comes whizzing by Lightning McQueen and beats him terribly at the last minute of the race. I mean, I'm telling you what, this throws McQueen off big time. He's all of a sudden begins to question everything about his life. Check. 
Maybe some of you have been there before. You see that look on his face, right? Like, man, things were going so good. Maybe some of you have been in that place before in your life where it's like everything was good until it wasn't. You thought, man, I'm a winner and everything's going great in my life. And then all of a sudden, a lot like McQueen, you face a storm. Come on, see what I did there, right? And suddenly nothing is going right. And you begin to question everything. You begin to think like, like am I good enough? And, and will I ever be able to get it back? And maybe you don't even just question yourself. Maybe you even begin to question God. Where is God in the middle of it? Everything was going so good and now I'm facing this storm and is God still with me and is he still good and will I ever get back to that place that I was before? I'll tell you, I've been there before. In fact, as I watch this movie and as I think about this message, it takes me back to a time in my life, 2019. How many remember what 2019 was like? Come on, everything was going good, wasn't it? The world seemed so good. In fact, in my own life, things were going great. We had spent 14 years building this church and putting all of our blood and sweat and tears into this thing, this dream that God had called us to. And in 2019, things just began to click. In fact, we moved in to this beautiful building that we are in today. And it was like the dream is beginning to come to pass and new people are coming to the church and the church is growing and all the things that I had dreamed in my heart that would happen for LifeGate Church when we moved here to plant this church all of those things were beginning to happen and we finished off 2019 and we begin to go into 2020 and oh man it's gonna be the year come on how many remember what that was like oh 2020 vision this is gonna be the year right we even had our word for the year it was like dreams and we're believing God has big dreams for us and we kicked off the year and things were going great and new people were coming and we were having record attendance and we were having record numbers of salvation and so much momentum in the church all the way through January and February was like the biggest month that we'd ever had as a church and I'm thinking man things are rolling we're really winning and then all of the sudden March of 2020 come on you remember what that was like and I'll be honest, like at first I thought, well, it's not, it's not that big a deal. Like we'll get through it pretty fast. And man, there were so many decisions to make to the point where we ended up not being able to have church here in the building. And I thought, well, you know what? It's just going to be a short time. I mean, two weeks to slow the curve. Come on, remember that? And not really that big a deal. And I'm a good leader and we're a strong church and everything's going to be okay. But then to, two years turned into several months that we couldn't even meet in person. And finally, we opened the building back up and invited people to come back. And there were all these memes online that, oh, when church is open, we're all gonna run back to church. But we opened the church and people didn't exactly run back to church. In fact, only about 25 or 30% of the people who were here before came back. And I remember in that moment going, wait a minute, this is not how I saw this year going. This is not how I saw my life going. But I remember thinking, hey, you know what? It won't take long. We'll begin to build it back and God is good. And there was, there was hope that was out there and everything's gonna be okay. And it would begin to gain a little bit of momentum, but then another spike of COVID and people would be afraid. I remember thinking, well, you know what? It's gonna take a little longer than I thought, but man, if we can just get to 2021, 2021 is gonna be a better year. Come on, remember that? It's gonna, it's gonna be good, it's gonna be better. And so we go into 2021 and momentum begins to build again. I think, yes, here we are, everything's gonna be okay. And then remember what happened in February of 2021? Ice-mageddon, come on, right? 
and pipes burst and water's flowing through our new, next generation area and we're having to clean this stuff up and we couldn't have church because there was ice and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, oh, but you know what? It's just a bump in the road. We're going to get there. Like by Easter, we're going to be back. <laughs> but Easter came and went and we weren't back. And I remember it was around that time that my heart began to shift, that, that instead of being hopeful, I started to be doubtful. And I began to wonder, are we ever going to get back to the winning season? Are we ever going to get back to that place that we were? And I thought, man, if I just work harder, if I just push a little more, if I can just like just grip my teeth and maybe we can make things happen. In fact, isn't that what we do so many times when we get in those losing seasons? We think if I can just push a little harder, if I can just do a little bit more, maybe I can make stuff happen. And that's exactly what happened for Lightning McQueen. He wasn't expecting to face a Jackson storm and he began to question himself and everything else. But then he thought, if I can just if I can just work a little harder, push a little harder, get a, new, get a new manager, get a new trainer, then somehow maybe I can make this happen. And yet it didn't go so great for Lightning McQueen. Watch this. And isn't that what happens for so many people? Like we lose something and we think if I just work harder, then maybe I can get it back. But that leads me to my first thought today. If you're taking notes, you can write it down. And that is this. If you spend your life racing for success, you might just crash and burn. In fact, everybody wants to be a success, right? I mean, even Texas Longhorns fans wants to be winners. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just lost everybody, didn't I? I lost y'all. Boomer sooner. All right. But here's the deal. Isn't this what the world tells us? Be successful. Win at all costs. And so many times that's what we do is like, we think I've got to win at all costs. And so we strive and we work and we do everything that we can to be successful and to be a winner. And many times we even capture some success, but we don't think about what it actually costs us. In fact, how many people have lived that way where they, they burn themselves out, they crash and burn going for success. Maybe they even reach a level of success, but they end up losing their family. They end up losing their marriage or their relationship with their kids or it costs them their health or even their relationship with God. And so many of us, this is our life, is that we are constantly racing towards success and we end up crashing and burning. And then there are those that maybe even pursue success in a more healthy way. And yet when they get that success, they realize it wasn't everything that I thought it was going to be. It hasn't fulfilled me the way that I thought that it would, and it never lasts forever. In fact, that's the problem with being so driven by success is that the more successful you are, the harder you have to push to try to keep being successful. And that's exactly what happens for Lightning McQueen. It's what he discovers in this movie that if, if success is, if the whole goal of life is simply to win every race, then you're gonna burn yourself out because there's always gonna be someone who's gonna come along who's faster and better and younger and stronger than you. And so many times, like we're striving for success and some of you are saying, well, pastor, are you saying that I shouldn't want to be successful in life? And that's not what I'm saying at all. 
I believe that God wants to bring blessings in your life. I believe that we are called to work hard towards the goals and the dreams that God puts in our lives. I'm not saying that we shouldn't go towards success. I'm saying we shouldn't be driven by success. I'm saying we shouldn't, we should look differently and think differently about what what success really is all about. In fact, that leads me to my second thought, and that is this, is that there's more to this race than the lap that we are currently running. See, so many times we get caught up in the lap that we're on right now, trying to win that lap, and we don't realize, hey, there's way more to it than just that. In fact, it reminds me of what the Hebrew writer says in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse one. He says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangle and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Look what the Hebrew writer is saying. He's saying, hey, don't forget There are people who have gone before you and there are people who are going to come after you. So as you are, as you are running the race, make sure you keep all of those things in mind. Don't just get so focused on the lap that you're on. Remember, there's more that's going on than just that. In fact, that's what success is really all about. When we really get down to it, success is not just about me. Success is about those who have come before me and those who will come after me. In fact, this is what Lightning begins to discover in Cars 3. He begins to push and try to keep up with Jackson Storm and all the other new faster racers. And, and he finds himself on this journey to try to win again. And on the journey, begins to look back to his past. And not just to his past, but to the past of his, of his mentor, Doc Hudson, who had poured into him. And he finds one of Doc's friends, a man named Smokey. And Smokey teaches him an incredibly valuable lesson. He learns some things about Doc that he never knew before. Racing wasn't the best part of Hud's life. You were. And then when I hear that, it leads me to my third thought today. If you want to write it down, and that is this, that the most meaningful way to succeed is to help others succeed. See, the most meaningful success is when I pour my life into others and watch them succeed. And the truth is, if we don't understand this, man, we can spend our whole lives racing towards success and end up burning out. And even if we catch it, we can can realize that it, it really wasn't meaningful to us. In fact, when I think about this, I think about a guy in the Bible, a guy named Solomon. Now, if anyone was successful in the Bible, it was Solomon. Solomon had all, he was a king. He had the greatest kingdom, the Bible says, that had ever been known to man. Solomon had all the money and all the pleasure and all the things that you could ever want in life. And yet Solomon ended up writing a whole book that's in the Bible. And the whole part of, like the whole point of the book was he says that all of this stuff is, is really just meaningless. In fact, look what he says in, in Ecclesiastes 2 in verse number one. He says, I said to myself, Come now, I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good. But that also proved to be meaningless. Laughter, I said, is madness. And what does pleasure accomplish? I tried cheering myself with wine and embracing folly and my mind 
still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was good for people to do under the heavens during the few days in their lives. I understood or I undertook great projects and I built houses for myself and planted vineyards and I made gardens and parks and plants of all kinds of, uh, planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. And I made reservoirs to water, uh, to water groves to flourish the trees. And I bought, uh, bought male and female slaves and had other slaves who were born in my house. I also owned more herds and flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. I amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasure of kings and provinces. I acquired male and female singers and a harem as well, the delight of a man's heart. I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. And all this, my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing that my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward for all of the toil. Yet, when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was what? Was meaningless. A chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. Solomon said, I had it all. I had the houses, I had the women, I had the vacations, I had the money, I had all of the things. I denied myself nothing that I wanted. I had it all. But in the end, I realized it was meaningless. Why was it meaningless? Because it was all about me. And so many people, that's how we live. Like we, we live to chase the success, to get the things that everybody wants in life. But then when we finally achieve it, we realize it didn't bring purpose and meaning to our lives because it was all about us. And yet you take that and you contrast it with what Paul says. Look what he says in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 6. Here's a man who, who no one would have said, this guy is successful. No one would have said, man, this guy has it all. But look what he says in, in verse number 6. He says, I am already being poured out like a drink offering. And the time of my departure is near. And I have fought the good fight. And I have finished the race. And I have kept the faith. And now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but to all who have longed for his appearing. Here's Paul, who really is not successful in the world's eyes. But at the end of his life, instead of saying it's meaningless, he's able to say, no, 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 there is meaning to this life. Why? Because I took what I had and I poured it out into others. In fact, he's writing this to one of his protégés. He's writing this to Timothy, that he had poured his life into Timothy. See, Paul understood this principle that the most meaningful success is when I pour my life into helping others become a success. In fact, there's a Bible word for this. You ready for this? You know what the Bible word is? The Bible word is discipleship. Everybody say discipleship discipleship that God has called us not just to be disciples but to make disciples he has called us to take the things that we have learned and teach them to those who would come after us in fact this was one of the last things that Jesus said before he returned to heaven in Matthew chapter 28 and what is known for for Christians for ages as the great commission and look what he says that we are called to do he says we are called to go and what and make disciples 
of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and doing what? Teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. Jesus says, this is your job. This is success for you, that you would take the things that I have taught you, and you would teach them to others who would come after. You're not just called to be a disciple. You're called to be a disciple maker. That real success, that the most meaningful success is not just that I am a success or that I have learned or that I have grown, but I take what I've learned and grown and I pour it into those who will come after me. And guys, this is how I want to live my life. And this is how I want to, want to pastor this church. In fact, I've had, I've had some pretty good days at church. We've had some pretty meaningful celebrations and Times when we, you know, when we opened this building or when we had the dedication of this building and all kinds of like powerful moments that I can remember. But can I tell you like some of my favorite and most meaningful moments as a pastor, I didn't even do anything. In fact, I'm thinking about just most recently in this last few months, there's been, there's been a few times that one Sunday, I, I came up here on Sunday. You know what? I didn't even stand on the stage that Sunday. I didn't preach a sermon. I didn't get up here and say a word. I just looked around and saw my team, all of our life teams and saw all of our staff. And man, we go into the life team huddle before service and one of our staff gets up there and gives a great message and and cheers everybody on and teaches everybody to serve that day. And then it comes time for worship and Pastor Joshua and the team are up here leading in worship. And then it comes time for welcome. Another one of our staff members gets up here and welcomes everybody. And then another one talks about the offering and talks about giving. And then another one of our team gets up here, preaches the sermon and does the response time and then another one gets up and does the next steps time and I'm just sitting over here like buttons bursting like a proud pastor (laughs) I didn't even get on the stage I didn't even do anything why am I so proud why am I so excited because this is what life is all about it's not just about me and what I can do and what what kind of success I can have but how can I pour into others and help them set them up to be successful in their life guess what this is this is how I want to live as a dad Man, some of my most proud moments in my life is when I look at my kids. I look at my, my daughter, Briley, who just got married back in March, and I see their marriage be successful and their business be successful and their ministry be successful. And I look at my daughter, Addie, who's in college, and I see her growing into a powerful young woman. And I see my little, my little turkey, Easton, my little seven-year-old, and I see him building awesome stuff on Minecraft. And I'm like, yeah, that's my boy, right? Why? Because the most meaningful success is when we pour our lives into to others and help them to be successful moms and dads in this room can I just tell you something like your greatest success in your life might not be something that you do it might actually be someone that you raise can you pour your life into them and disciple them and raise them up and help them in fact that's why two Sundays from now we're going to be having child dedications if you haven't dedicated your children we want to celebrate with you in that why because this is one of our core values here raising up the next generation building disciples this is really what it's all about guys if you spend your whole life racing towards success you might just end up crashing and burning and there's so much more to this life than just the race that you are running right now and the most meaningful success in your in your life is when you help others to be successful and this is exactly what lightning mcqueen discovers in the movie he has a friend his trainer cruz ramirez remember cruz ramirez and cruz always dreamed of being a racer herself but nobody else believed in her to the point where she started to even not believe in herself 
But lightning saw something in her and he believed in her. And at a crucial moment in the big race, he decided to get out of the way and put her in the race instead. I mean, there's a shift that takes place in Lightning McQueen's heart. And he realized, man, it's not just about me being a success. It's about me taking what I've learned and passing it on to the next generation. He becomes, instead of the player, he becomes the coach. Instead of just the disciple, he starts to become the disciple maker. And man, guys, what could happen if we started getting this attitude in our hearts. What could happen if moms and dads start saying, man, it's not just about me. It's about pouring into my kids and to those that are coming after me. What if as we began to serve in the church, we started realizing, man, it's not just about me getting my chance. It's about me giving somebody else their chance. What if pastors could decide instead of me being on the stage, I need to start building stages for people to be able to stand on, get up on my shoulders, and I'm going to show you, I'm going to give you the chance so that you can become all that God has called you to be. Man, I'm not get a little fired up about that right and here's what's so amazing about it sometimes we think well if I get out of the way then I don't get to do anything it's no fun for me but let me just tell you here's the awesome message of the movie is and it's our it's our last point if you're taking notes is that when I help others win guess what I win too and that's exactly what happens with Lightning McQueen. He got out of the way, put Cruz in the race. He thought, I'm going to give her the chance to win. And what he didn't realize was that because he was in the race too, because they were on the same team, not only did Cruz win, he got to win too. Check it. And isn't that funny how no one else sees it in anybody else until they win? But what if we could be people who could look around and say, I see it in you before anybody else sees it in you. Because God sees it in you. What if we could be people who would say, it's not just about me getting all the glory and me getting the success and me being the winner. Hey, we're all on the same team. And if one of us wins, then all of us win. And I'm gonna use my life to pour into others that will come after me. That is not just about me, that there's a great cloud of witnesses that is watching and they're cheering me on. And I'm gonna be the kind of person who's gonna raise up others that are gonna come behind me. It all starts with taking this attitude and recognizing, man, success is not about what I can get for myself. It's what I can do for others and what I can do for him. And I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me all over this room. Maybe there are some of you that are here today and you're a little bit like Lightning was in the beginning of the movie. You've been chasing after success. You've been grinding. You've been trying to make it happen thinking if I could just grab a hold of that, of that, of that success, if we could just have that, that house, or if we could just get that car, that vacation, or if I could just get that job or whatever, it's going to fulfill me. And yet it hasn't fulfilled you. Some of you are here today and you're at a place in your life right now that five years ago, you said, if I could get to that place, I'll be happy. And now you're there, but you're still not fulfilled. And you're a little bit like Solomon and you're saying, it just seems meaningless what is the meaning of it all you know Solomon wrote that book Ecclesiastes at the end he said it's all meaningless this is the key without God see God is the one who brings meaning into every part of our life and so many of you you you're chasing after the things and even have grabbed them and they seem meaningless but I'm just telling you something that that when, when you begin a relationship with God, he begins to bring purpose and meaning into every part, every area of your life.